Hello! This is XG Football Podcast here today uh, with your host, Jamie Crispin, and as ever, my esteemed colleague, Matthew Rosierioni. How are you, Matthew? Hey. I am actually doing very well, despite the uh, rather grim proceedings that took place on Saturday. Um, but I'm in a very positive mood. There's lots to look forward to, and we're finally at the week of the Premier League. It's the final approach! Well, hey, we're all excited. We're all excited for the football season ahead. Some of us might be more than others, okay. But I think for the most part, we're all excited for the for the football season ahead. If you're a Spurs fan, probably not. But let's uh, <laughs> let's quickly uh, let's quickly move on. So uh, today we just discuss a little bit about the Community Shield, um, a little bit about transfer speculation and transfers that have been made and also uh, discussing a little bit looking forward to um, the football ahead of the weekend the opening weekend of the Premiership how exciting it's so exciting Uh, starting with the Community Shield um, I feel like it would have made it more exciting if they had a Volkswagen Touareg bringing the ball (laughs) to the centre circle Absolutely. And that probably could have taken the highlight of the game for me if that was um, if that took place. Yeah, I think it really typified the way that the match went down, that it was settled on that Ejea Nacho penalty. Like there really wasn't too much in the way of excitement. Fine, there were some real flashes of brilliance in that first half, but second half I just felt like I was watching paint Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have to agree. Uh, one thing came out of it. We found out that Stefan is a better goalkeeper than Edison. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, but he certainly had a brilliant performance, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. I, I mean, I say that because Edison used to be a Benfica goalkeeper, so I have to go with any other person <laughs> than him. I put myself oh, in front of Edison. Um, yeah, no, I think I think in general, Leicester started really well. Um the first chance on goal uh, was a soft free kick um, yeah. for, given to Manchester City and Schmeichel actually makes a good save off the back of it. And then I've got written in my notes, boring. Um, <laughs> about And I've, I've recorded the time. That's how bored it was. 13 minutes and 37 seconds in. Wow. Uh, it was boring. Um, That's how but, it turned boring. <laughs> yeah. It never really got kick-started from there. Uh, a few interesting points. Um, standout players. Matt, what was your thoughts on that? Did you have any standout players? Yeah, I mean, you already mentioned Sack there, and I thought we really saw that he definitely looked like more than just a goalkeeper. He made four incredible saves in that first half alone. And really, like, I think without him in goal or without a decent goalkeeper, it probably could have been 2 or 3 no in that first half Leicester. Um, I actually thought City's back line were quite good in in that first half because Leicester were breaking quite often, but they just couldn't seem to find their footing. They couldn't seem to find the angles and the shots. Um, So I'd say that they were quite good. But for me, the absolute best players on that pitch were Wilfred and Didi, who was just unbelievable. And Harvey Barnes, I thought, just... Look, he just really seemed to come to life in that game, and I'm really excited to see him in the Premier League this year. Yeah, um, I have to second Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes looked the player that was most likely to cause a 
um, some sort of disruptance in the back line uh, that was presented by Pep Guardiola, the mysterious Spanish man. <laughs> um, uh, I think, yeah, Barnes is exciting. He's exciting to watch. He's so quick on the ball. He moves the ball quick with both his feet and and, and, and he chases it down the line. I think that there's not many defenders out there that will be able to put up with him uh, on that right-hand side, on his left-hand side. Uh, he definitely looked like the the only player because, I mean, Madison did have a, f- a few bright spells in the first half. Iose Perez was... Iose Perez? <laughs> you didn't see him. You just didn't see him. And no, he, obviously I... Jamie Vardy being 55,000 years old, he's not going to do much up there. Um, well, no. I'm disrespectful there. I think Vardy's still got a lot to give. Um, and he needs to find his foot. Because he's got a very quick, very speedy Pats and Daka that came on in the second half. Um, and Iheanacho as well, um, biting at his heels to, to, to become first place in the squad. Yeah, it's definitely starting to see how the shape-up for who gets that spot up front will be like this season. Because, I mean, can you really go against Jimmy Vardy? numbers last season despite those injuries and the other thing I could also think about is just that Daka and Eheya Nacho partnership seem to be working quite well in pre-season but can they realistically fit both of them on the pitch yeah. um, so it'd be interesting to see how they line up but I think what we saw in the community shield is more or less their first team save for maybe Perez Maybe Bertrand, but you had a theory about Bertrand, didn't you? And I think why he might start. Yeah, I think. Well, we also had a Marty and centre back, which is not really his position. Um, but yeah, I think Bertrand will be a starter this year. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. I think Bertrand will be a starter. I know that you said Castagna was coming back off an injury. He should be ready for the the, the, the kickstart of the Premier League. Um, but I think he'll push Pereira up because Perez just wasn't good enough. And Pereira was... Um, he, he did an outstanding job of, maintain, of, of keeping that line well drilled basically and I think he's got a lot going forward so I think he'll push Pereira up like he did last season uh, this is Brendan Rodgers he'll push Pereira up and um, he'll put Castagna on the right and he'll play Bertrand on the left because I think Bertrand actually played really well as a left back there yeah so yeah I mean we saw a very good glimpse of what we're probably going to see from left there at least at the start of the season I think it looks good for them I have to say I can see them quite well um, and they definitely look like a team that are easy to be in that, you know, European football conversation. Still not quite football for me, but you could see quite clearly, you know, the way they're going to set up. So, you know, I think Leicester look very good going into the season. The only other thing you could say about City's lineup, there is no way that's going to be what we're going to see in the league, you know, and I think that can kind of. You can kind of. Them in this match about why they they played the way they did based on the players they had on the pitch, but they were non-existent. Some of them, like you know, I've got down here for Ram Torres. Just I didn't even remember he was on the pitch. <laughs> Mares was wasteful. Um, he was awful. Just didn't do anything really. But yeah, it's just, 
and Ake as well was probably the only oh my word in a good defence. Oh my word, Ake. Oh, I just held my hands. I'm not even a City fan, and I held my hands up to my face. <laughs> oh, what in the world was he doing? It's like Honestly, he had. It's no like idea. he had a, a cramp on both legs at the same time, and he just stretched both of his legs out because he thought, "Yeah, this is the way forward." He gave the away a penalty, part, mate. The saddest part about him giving away that penalty was. If he hadn't have done it, it probably would have gone two penalties, which would have made it more exciting. That's literally what I was about to say. Quite, quite. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, right, 85th minute, let's get settled in because it's going to be an exciting penalty shootout. And what's he going to do? Ruin it for every single neutral. <laughs> Honestly, unbelievable. Okay. Um, yeah, I just. He was clearly brought into City last season. He doesn't seem to have played so that. He just doesn't seem to fit, you know. The rest of their defence did really well and ultimately Ake lost them the community shield, really. Yeah, I think Ake uh, probably should should make a move. He should go to a team like uh, a Watford, a team like uh, a Brighton, maybe, now that they lost um, Ben White to Arsenal, to sort of reimpose himself a little bit, bring himself back into the, into the forefront of people's tongues uh, because he's just he's not playing there and every time he plays he screws up so he should get himself into a position where he's playing regularly and I think that's the reason why he's not he's not doing very well it's because he is actually not playing enough to be able to do a good job in defence and that's the issue um, yeah I, I think that's the issue we saw it last year with Eric Dyer. I mean Eric Dyer not really being a centre back he, he was a centre back <laughs> yeah. for sporting not that many people actually know that he played at centre back for Sporting for a few years, and in fact, through the schools, that's what he was trained to be—a centre back. And then Pochettino put him in the midfield, but because he hadn't played at centre back for such a long time, and because he probably wasn't playing as much with Poch when he came back into that centre back role, he made a lot of mistakes. I think probably if he stays there this season, he might look a little bit better than what he did last year. And I think Ake just needs a run of games to make to make that that work for him. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a real shame to see Ake like this because you know, I remember seeing him at Bournemouth and thinking this guy is absolute quality, and I remember feeling a bit downhearted when there was no way he was ever going to get a chance at Chelsea. Um, and that Bournemouth mood really seemed to just mm. lift his career into the position he needed to be. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of us expected him to go to City from there. I think we all expected him to, to go further than Bournemouth when they got relegated. But yeah. just it's just seemed to be wasted there. And it's a shame because you know, he was a great defender and I still think he could be a great defender. You know, It's only one season that he's missed out on. And maybe, yeah, a move would be good, but you know whether that actually happens, you know, I quite doubt it to be honest. Yeah. Well, we spent enough time on uh, on Ake. Let's move on from him. Uh, I think that I want to give an award out for one of the players, a dozy. For me, having watched a lot of the Olympics, gets the Tom Daly Award. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what he was doing. He was just falling over quite a lot. I mean, he did dribble a little bit. Yeah, he impressed in some in some areas of the pitch, but most of the time he was on the floor eating grass, and <laughs> that's not what you want to see. Uh, the other highlight for me was. 
Pep's yellow card. I don't know if I've ever seen a yellow card be announced on TV that way. It was like, a, normally it's just like a little tiny thing on the top left-hand side or top right-hand side of your screen that says, this player's got a yellow card. Pep Guardiola yeah. got a yellow card, and it was just this huge plaque in the centre of the screen with a <laughs> massive yellow. Guardiola gets a yellow card. Um, Shame. Yeah. <laughs> Shame on you. And actually, I don't actually know what he was complaining about. No. <laughs> I can't Honestly, remember what no. it was, but he wasn't right. He was compl- he was wrong when he was complaining. Uh, what was he complaining about? I've written down. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, um, for me, it was a it was a really boring game of football. It showed you that Leicester had some fighting spirit. It showed you that City clearly weren't ready for a match, um, and it shows me that uh, third place is just about right for City this year. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah, obviously, it wasn't there. It wasn't the team we expect to see from them. Cutting my chickens. Come back fighting, um, but yeah, just it was pretty. No, it wasn't a great, really a great game of football. And even though Leicester were on the final third was just poor. And I've even got written down here that the cleanest shot of that whole first half was Brendan Rodgers on a water bottle. Nice. So that just sums it up, really. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, enough about the Community Shield. That was what it was. We can get over that horrifically bad match. Shame on both. No, I I won't. Well done, teams, but terrible performance. (laughs) I don't know how to make this nice. I don't know how to make it nice. Let's just move on. Speculation. Okay, so we've got uh, transfers left, right, and center. One of the most... Let's touch on this first, because I want opinions and also I want to you know I want to put my opinion across but Jack Grealish to Manchester City 100 million yep. pounds is he worth that money well I mean you know that's the million pound question I suppose you could say um I personally would say no and not because his ability doesn't justify it brilliant player I think he proved that for Aston Villa um, time and time again. But I just think the money is out of hand in football. And, you know, I suppose when you see Ben White going for 50 million, maybe Jack Grealish is 100 million. But for me, Ben White's not 50 million. He's, you know, maybe 20 million. And Jack Grealish is probably 70, 80 million, maybe. Um, So, you know, maybe we're splitting hairs here, but. A hundred million is a heck of a lot of money, and when you look at the players that City have signed for far less, I just think, is it a hundred million? I just think to myself, right, okay, let's look back, and I know that inflation is a thing, okay, it happens, but when you look at, I think, forty, I think it was forty-three million or forty-six million for Figo from Barcelona wow. to Real Madrid. When you look at Zinedine Zidane. I don't know how much he went for, but I'm pretty sure it was a lot less. Um, you've got all these legends that have gone for... Say, Cristiano Ronaldo from Sporting to Manchester United. Uh, £13 million? Pounds? Absolute bargain, that. Uh, and then you've got players like... I mean, I love Bruno Fernandes, but he went for £45 million pounds just, uh, just you know a year and a half ago. And now you've got the Neymars for 200 million and you've got the Mbappes for 160 million you've got Jack Grealish I think Jack Grealish 
is not worth a hundred million pounds. No way is he worth that money. I don't think there's many people that are worth that money. Probably not. I mean, I think if you put up a hundred million, you have to be virtually the best in that position. I think that Man City put up a hundred million. Well, actually, this is this is an obvious point to make. They put up a hundred million because they had to. Yeah, because it was just, it was his release clause, so that gave Aston Villa no choice basically but to accept the bid, and then it was up to Jack to to, to go and speak to City and whether whether he wanted to or not. But um, mm. yeah, hundred million is a lot of money. I don't think he's worth that. I think that Ben White's definitely not worth fifty, um, and I think that there's a lot of inflation in prices at the moment. Do you know why I think that is? Why? My theory is because everyone's angry with the owners. <coughs> And because everyone's angry with the owners, the owners are spending a little bit of cash to make the fans happy. Don't be fickle. Well, hey. Don't be yeah, fickle. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, hard, it's hard to say because like a lot of these major prices that we've been looking at are for players that are classed as homegrown, um, mm. which obviously is a big thing, that a big requirement that you have to make in the Premier League. I think it's something like eight homegrown players you have to have in your squad at least um and so that's a lot of thinking behind it and that doesn't necessarily mean english but more often than not a homegrown player is likely to be an english player is it like Um, they've they've they would have had to have been playing in some academy for a certain amount of time yeah exactly okay yeah exactly that and that makes them homegrown so like hector bellerin for example is one of arsenal's homegrown players because Mm. he was obviously part of our youth ranks for years and years and years okay um even though obviously he's Spanish, but typically it is like people seek the English players on that spectrum because, you know, the chances are he's been in an academy in England for years and years. <laughs> um, you know, it's less likely with some of the other foreign players, but yeah, right. it's a lot of money and I, I don't know if I agree with it at all. And you might be right, it might be because everyone's mad at the owners, but, you know, it's just ridiculous money now. They're just um, going to be mad again once they try to break away again. But let's not yeah, get into then, that. The next question is, you know, after is he worth it? Is it going to pay off? <laughs> um, uh, with rotation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe it will. He made a very good point on social media recently. He said, um, He said that at Villa, everyone targeted me. Because I was, you know, a big fish in a small pond. But these aren't his exact words. This is my my understanding of what he said. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he probably wouldn't describe himself as that ever. But at Manchester City, there are a lot more threats going forward. So he won't be the focal point. So could he be more dangerous at City? There's a point there. Mm, I mean... It's such a hard one to work out because on the one hand, you know, you've got this this player who ability-wise is fantastic and definitely can play for City. But then you've got so many other people that can play in his position um, and you just wonder, is he going to start the majority of games? Is there going to be some rotation? Oh, yeah, for Um, sure. And if he has one or two bad games, like, what happens then? He gets um, dropped. Yeah. <sighs> the only oh. saving grace for me is that it sounds like Kevin De Bruyne is going to miss out on the first few games. And maybe that opens up a spot for Grealish in a more central position to yeah. definitely have a place on the pitch. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Although, just to sort of close the topic on Jack Grealish, um, <laughs> I enjoyed the meme that I found online during the week, which was uh, Jack Grealish sitting, o- sitting over um, in front of Pep Guardiola's desk uh, and Guardiola questioning him on his strengths, saying, so you've got listed down that your strengths are your calves. <laughs> strong calves, strong calves, Mate, Grealish. He has got massive calves. <laughs> I hope, I hope, and wish for the best for Jack. Jack, well done, mate. Uh, let's see if that pays off for you. Uh, if not, Aston Villa will always take you back. I'm sure of that. Um, I've got a theory, which I want to run by you. Now, there's a okay. theory here. Okay, you've got uh, Christian Romero uh, has gone to Spurs. That's a yep. heavy, heavy bit of investment from Daniel Levy, which is unusual, uh, especially seven million, I think. Yeah, without spe- without actually selling anyone, he's spent that money. Um, you've got Kane being speculated to leave, even though Nuno Espirito Santo uh, has um, has said that he's had a word with Kane. Oh, funny, you mentioned he had a socially distanced word with Kane, just to be <laughs> sure. Um, right. And you've got Portuguese papers saying that uh, Bernardo Silva could be included in a deal, or potential deal, to sign Harry Kane. And you've also got another thing to add to the mixture, which is Lautaro Martinez being um, thrown into the mixture, saying that Tottenham are willing to pay €70 Euros for Lautaro Martinez. So, my theory is the following. Harry Kane is as good as done to Manchester City... I think that Manchester City are probably going to pay around 100 million for Harry Kane and in, and also provide either Bernardo Silva or another player in exchange. And I think that the money that's being spent is the money that's going to be received for Harry Kane's transfer and Tottenham are going to be in, reinforced with someone like Lautaro Martinez. Obviously Christian Romero and Bernardo Silva, so they're going to get three reinforcements here. What a what do you think of that gameplay? I mean, if that is true, and that pays off, Spurs have got a seriously good team this season. I think if that works, like we all need to watch out for Spurs. Um, the only thing I would say, I definitely agree. I think Harry Kane is probably as good as gone. Um, I think that's definitely going to happen. If Spurs can get Bernardo Silva in that deal, that is a fantastic move for Bernardo Silva because the guy just doesn't have a hope in hell at City right now. And he's a, I actually think he's still a brilliant player um, and it's a shame to just see him waste away. But I think that's a great deal for Bernardo Silva, a great deal for Spurs. If they do get Lautaro Martinez as well, we know we know Inter's desperate to sell. Yeah, but then you know I think at the same time Inter because because we know Lukaku's as good as done. Yeah, that's done. I think they will try their hardest to keep Lautaro. I know they've got Edin Dzeko potentially on the way in. There was talks about Duvan Zapata, but that seems to yeah I haven't really heard anything about that since. Um, so I just I'm still really unsure as to whether Lautaro does leave Inter or not um, but I mean if he does I mean Lautaro, Son Heung-min Bernardo Silva Ooh, 
that's starting that's starting yeah. to look that's starting to sound good doesn't it and that you've got on the side surely lines. even Deli Ali can supply that <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly Deli Ali who's actually playing this season thanks to Nuno oh, no. um, brilliant and also a Lucas Mora which is uh, who is on form at the moment so so that's my theory about Tottenham let's leave that there and let's see what the radio waves bring us in the next week or so. Uh, although I did yeah. also read a rumour that Bernardo Silva was wanted by Arsenal. Um, how would you feel about <laughs> that signing? Um, it's hard to say, really, because we're not exactly strapped for wingers. You know, we've actually got a fair few options. Are they as good as Bernardo Silva? That's the next question. Mm. Um I don't really... Cause okay, a simple Bernardo, question. Pep yeah. or Bernardo? Ah, do you know what? I'm actually going to say Pepe. And only because the back end of last season, we started to see some of the reason why we okay. spent so much for him. He was honestly our stand-up player. The fans voted Saka and Tierney as our best players of the season. I think they overlooked Pepe because he was honestly brilliant. He was the best player in the Europa League last season and just when when we couldn't get through when we couldn't make things work Pepe mm. was the guy who made that run Pepe was the guy who, who went round players and managed to get the ball in there and make something out of nothing and I just want to see that I think is the reason why I'd have him over Bernardo Silva like I want yeah. to see him get that chance okay that's good. That's good. I, I mean, personally, from from a perspective of being completely biased, I would put Bernardo Silva <laughs> above anyone in your team. But <laughs> but yeah. we, we know that was going to happen. Okay. Uh, another rumor which I saw in the rumor mill. I've been doing a lot of digging this week, as you as you might have noticed. Uh, Tammy Abraham has an agreed fee, supposedly, with Roma. Uh, he just needs to negotiate personal terms. But uh, I've heard through the grapevine. Don't know what the source is. Um, just heard that uh, he would prefer to stay in England, and potentially a move to Arsenal might be good for him. Yes, yeah. I mean, I've I've been reading a lot of the same thing. The uh, the fee uh, Roma paid up, I think, was thirty four million. That was agreed by Chelsea. Yes, there's obviously personal terms to be drawn up, and whether that gets agreed to and. You know that actually could end up being a good deal for Tammy, but as you said, yeah, it seems most of the reports coming in, whether they're reliable or not, seem to say that Tammy would prefer to stay in England, and I think a move to Arsenal could be good because you know then he's still in London as well. Yeah, um, you know he doesn't have to move too far, and you know we kind of do need a striker as well because if we go into the season and Lacazette doesn't perform, then you know. Do we then try and move Aubameyang into the middle? Or oh, what if he doesn't perform again? And then, you know, the other variables are Enketier and Balogun, who neither of which are really Premier League proven. And you're kind of, again, just hoping that they have a good start, hoping that they have a good season or, you know. And it's a lot of hope rather than, OK, we actually trust this guy to go out and get games. I think Tammy Abraham's a good player. I just think he doesn't get enough opportunities and he's never going to get them at Chelsea. Yeah, good. Well, there you go then. That's all the rumours I'm coming up with, but there's a couple of other outstanding transfers. Danny Ings to Aston Villa. Um, brilliant signing from them. Has already scored on his debut, uh, from what we know. Uh, he's going to do great next season, definitely for your fantasy football teams. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he is a good pickup. Um, 
Also, I found out that uh, Nathaniel Klein actually renewed his contract with Crystal Palace, so they're trying to regain some of these players whose contract expired. Um, we know Elise is there, Joaquin Anderson has signed from Lyon, so they're doing some moves, um, and Patrick, uh, sorry, Patrick Vieira is going to have um, something to play with there. And yeah, I think in general things are starting to shape up a little bit. Um, Lukaku coming to the Premier League just to sort of finish up on this uh, on that note Lukaku coming to the Premier League correct move or should he stay if he has the option absolutely the correct move absolutely the right move I think for all parties involved like you said earlier Inter is I mean, what's the fee? Like 115 million euros or something like that? Yeah, I think it works out um, something like 98 million pounds. Chelsea are desperate for a proven striker who will definitely get goals and assists. Lukaku is that guy. His numbers for Inter are incredible. His numbers previously in the Premier League were great. Even even at United, where a lot of people say he didn't do as well, his numbers were still actually pretty good. I mm. just think it's a brilliant deal when, you know, when we made our predictions last week and I put Chelsea top, that was without Lukaku. Imagine Chelsea now with Lukaku and he goes and scores, say, 20 goals. Yeah. I mean, it'd be done. It'd be done and dusted. Um, again, reaffirming uh, my my prediction and your prediction, actually, in this instance yeah. of having Chelsea win the league. Um, so, exactly. yeah, I think it's the correct move as well. And also, I think he's got a point to prove because he's never scored for Chelsea, even though he was their player for a very long time. Uh, but I think at the time in 2000, when he when when he was 18 years old, he was very young and he was never going to replace Drogba up front, let's be honest. <laughs> it's actually crazy because I think this is technically his third spell at Chelsea now. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. like you said, he hasn't got a goal. But again, he's a player who never got the chance at Chelsea. Had to go out on loan to other teams like West Brom. Did great. Eventually got sold to Everton. Was great. You know, went to United. Didn't do as great as at Everton. Still did well. You know, I just think he's a great player. I think he is in that conversation of the best strikers in the world currently. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We welcome you, Lukaku. We welcome you. Welcome <laughs> to the Premier League whenever you get announced. Um, we're going to spend just a, a few minutes going into um, this weekend's uh, matches. We will be watching some of the matches and we will be doing some. Um, we'll release another episode next week. But looking at the weekend, what do we expect to see from the top? in brackets uh, or in speech marks six I think the majority of them have got pretty good fixtures save for obviously City and Spurs are playing each other um, and that normally throws up some very exciting games of football but other teams like you know Arsenal are starting the season against newly promoted Brentford mm. that looks like a very exciting game I think You'd they're going to give you a run for your money. Arsenal. I mean, I kind of <laughs> hope they do, because it'll be a bit disappointing if Brentford's first game of the season is like a 3-0 walkover, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, United have got Leeds. That is a you know a very fierce rivalry there. Um, United, you would think, should get the better of Leeds. Um, but with Leeds, you know there's going to be goals. You know Whether it's in their net or in the opposition net, there's going to be goals. 
Um, and yeah, Liverpool have got their dream start of the season Norwich. against Norwich, who they always seem to walk all over. Um, you'll never walk alone all over Norwich because there'll be 11 yeah. people there. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible pun. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's move on from that. Uh, right, okay, so I, I think I've got Arsenal to win 2-1 against Brentford. Uh, Manchester United leads. We know that that's a hot contest. Seriously, not to alienate my Manchester United listeners, but I hope Leeds win. <laughs> I mean, it, for the sake of the Premier League, it would be amazing. <laughs> for the sake of the Premier League. They're all Premier League clubs, Roz. <laughs> United aren't. Yeah, um, but actually, I see. I, I but you know, you expect United to win that. Uh, probably yeah, a uh, two nil, uh, unless Leeds have massively improved their defence. In which case, it will be a one nil, in my opinion. Uh, Jaden Sancho, do you think he'll start? I'm actually not sure whether he will. I think because because Rashford's out for three months, that gives him a strong chance. But. Yeah. Martial will likely be on the left hmm. which means you've probably got either Greenwood or Sancho on the right so it's all about fitness and match sharpness I think yeah. maybe because it's the start of the season and everyone will be a little bit you know they're, they're not as match sharp as you know maybe you know six seven games in they might just be like yeah we'll just stick Sancho on you know you can get used to the Premier League and all that but I just yeah it's just you know can he start the first game Will he play well? I don't know. I, I just don't know. Do you play your proven players because it's the first game? Or do you stick your new £73 million winger in? He probably will start. He probably will, but whether yeah. it's a good idea, I'm not sure. I think I think it will be a I think it will be a silly move not to not to start him. But then again, um, it's up to the manager. He's the one that's there looking at people training, and he's the one that sees them day in day out. So uh, I think Jaden will start. I think Martial will probably start as well. I think Cavani will start. Yeah. So I think that will be the front three for Man United. Um, and Varane won't be ready, so it will probably be Lindelof and also Maguire at the back, which means they could leak a goal or two. Yeah, um, it could be goals for Leeds. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll brush over Burnley and Brighton <laughs> because that's not an exciting game. Uh, but I expect oh probably Brighton to do that or Burnley to hold a, hold out for a draw. Um, Chelsea yeah. Crystal Palace. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea Crystal Palace. Yeah, I think Crystal Palace will get battered in that game. To be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, cool. So Chelsea to win that one. Um, Webby Lukaku scoring the goals. It'll probably be... I mean, I, I picked up Werner on my fancy football draft, so I'm hoping he scores a hat-trick uh, with, Haver, <laughs> with Haver, Havertz assists. That'll be that brilliant. Be the day, eh? That'll be brilliant. Uh, yeah, he probably, he'll probably have an XG of like 20 goals in the match and score none. Uh, that's that's yeah, how exactly. it works. Uh, so yeah, Chelsea to win that one. <laughs> What was that, sorry? You'll get like 400 chances created. Yeah, exactly. Um, Everton-Southampton, I expect Everton to fully do that. Even with Rafa Benitez at the helm as a new manager, I yeah. think Everton will do yeah. Southampton. I think Southampton are looking quite poor now without any English. Yeah, uh, Leicester-Wolves. Um, 
it's a difficult one actually but uh, I think the way that Leicester looked in the community shield they looked solid so uh, Wolves will find it hard to score against them um, so I think Leicester will probably it'll, will probably pip them um, I don't think Wolves have been doing very well in pre-season either um, I haven't really seen Wolves much but I have to say when I look at that I could see Wolves stealing a draw if it doesn't go Leicester's way, but yeah. everything about it says Leicester will win. Um, Villa to win against Watford, Liverpool to batter Norwich, and <laughs> we come to one of the, well, uh, Newcastle, West Ham. Um, I, I think, think that's a draw. You reckon? I actually think it's a draw. Like Newcastle have not made one signing this year. Yeah, but Callum Wilson loves a game against West Ham, doesn't he? Does he? Okay. He really does. <laughs> okay, all right. But the, I think the, 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 the big match of the weekend is Spurs versus City. Absolutely. Um, what are we going to see there? I'll give you my prognosis to start with. Um I think that we'll see quite a balanced game in the midfield. I think it will probably be quite nervy to start with. Manchester City coming back off a loss might feel a little bit energised to try and go get the win. So they may be on the front foot slightly from the beginning. But I think we'll see quite a balanced match and it will either be a 1-1 or a 1-0 to City. Absolutely go at it, hammer and tongs, and you know, give us like an absolutely thrilling five five or something. Yeah, exactly. But it's probably not going to happen. It's the first day of the season, like you said, people would be a bit nervy. I think Son Hyung Min will come flying out the gate this season. Um, but City's firepower is just incredible, their defense is amazing. I can only see Tottenham getting one goal. Mm. So I'm going to go 2-1 to City. And does Kane play? No. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, think I... he does. So who I do don't he... think he does. Who does he play up front if Kane's not playing? He's got no one to play up front. Uh, We'll have to yeah. play one of the wingers. That is a very good point. Because Vinicius is not alone, isn't he? Yeah, Vinicius is not He went back to Benfica. There's reports of him being loaned back to Brazil. So he, he hasn't impressed... <laughs> Let's say that. Um, so, does he then stick Son through the middle and have maybe, I don't know, Mora and Bergwijn out Maybe, yeah. Mora Bergwijn out right. Yeah, that's probably going to be. If, you know, with all this going on lately and Harry Kane not turning up for training and Nuno having his secret socially distanced chats with him and, <laughs> you know, does he start? Like, does he play if, if it's just destined to go to City? I mean, on a different note, I mean, do you think that every club has got a socially distant chat room? I imagine it no, looking like <laughs> I imagine it looking like one of those one of those like man caves with two <laughs> leather sofas. Like um, I can't remember the name of them. You know the big big backed Sherlock Holmes chairs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. With a fireplace uh, in the middle <laughs> where they're like about two meters away from each other, um, puffing on a pipe. And they're sat so far apart that they've got like some tin cans and string to communicate with. I th- yeah, you've taken it too far. 
Um, <laughs> socially distanced conversation. Yeah, it'll be funny. It, with no firepower up there, I definitely see. It's not they don't have. We don't have firepower up there. Son is firepower, but he needs. Son is amazing. He needs backup. He, does. he, he, he really needs. Does. He needs support. And if Lucas Mora and Deli Ali don't provide that support, I don't see us doing very well. Yeah, I mean, when you look at last season, majority of Son's support came direct from Harry Kane. Mm. So I just think no Harry Kane on that side. The others really need to step up. Yeah. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. So that's that's basically the the weekend's matchup. So it'll be exciting to see that. We will uh, be back next week um, around the same time. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. We'll be releasing it on a Wednesday, perhaps even Thursday, uh, for your listening pleasure. Uh, Matthew, do you have anything else to add before we close off? Um, all I'm going to say is I think Arsenal are going to batter Brentford 3 <laughs> 0. <laughs> and I feel really sorry for Norwich having to play Liverpool on the first day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Norwich uh, is one to watch out. There's probably going to be a good one on match of the day. And yeah, I look forward to Brentford beating you 1 0. So yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be good to watch. Uh, this has been XG Football Podcast. Please check us out on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, and also on Facebook. Uh, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the opening weekend of the Premiership. Goodbye. Goodbye.